believe how hard that is for you two. Jeepers. It's the faces you make that really make it fun. <laughs> oh, my stars and garters. All right, are we ready to do this? We may not have a station, but we're here for a real education. Welcome, listeners, to another episode of Real Education, the musical. musical. And I am one of your hosts, Wendy, joined as always by... I'm Vinny. And Mike. And we continue the fussy apocalypse this week. Fussy, fussy, fussy. We have come now to the pinnacle. I was going to say, it's either the ultimate or penultimate. Um, well, I guess well, we got the bonus round. We've got the bonus round. This is, this uh, is it, right? This is kind of the last yeah. official, yeah. quote-unquote. He had one more film in him, but it wasn't a musical at all. That was Star 80. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. About okay. Dorothy okay. Stratton. So we are going to watch all that jazz. Whoopee. Whoopee. <laughs> so I've seen it, but of course. And oh, yeah. I've never seen the movie. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I thought one of you had. Uh, I had. I don't know why I had it in my head that one of like, you had seen it. Most of what I know is what we've talked about from previous episodes. Like, that it's yeah. about him. Like, it's autobiographical. A lot of it deals with him doing Chicago. Um, ben Vereen's in it. Um, I don't even know. I don't even know Ben Vereen is in it. I knew it was like semi autobiographical and that it's like it pulls from his life and experience, but that I'm sure it is not. A straight retelling, so maybe that's assumption on my part. But I'm—I I feel like what we've seen of his really? so far. I don't think. I, am I going to know some of the music? Um, or is it one of those that you pretty much know the music if you know the show? Well, um, it's not show. original music. He. Oh, okay. Uh, it, it's it's definitely a musical in structure, but he's using existing music. Gotcha. Okay. Um, uh, if I'm there, I think there might be one or two original songs, but. You'll you'll see how the structure plays out. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, in my head, I know we've talked about this before. I may have been off mic. Like when you kept saying all that jazz, like before we started doing all this, all I could think of, I got it conflated with the jazz singer. <laughs> 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 Not the Al Jolson one, the the later one with like Neil Diamond. Neil Diamond <laughs> uh, oh my god, that's my head cannon went wonky there. Horrible movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. So you were talking about like all that jazz and how much you loved it for a while, and I was just like, okay, that's a choice, <laughs> I guess. And then it finally clicked, and I was like, no, that's not the movie she's talking about. <laughs> that's like that's on par with my conflation of Snake in the Grass from. Uh, the Little Prince with the terrible 80s funk song. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Neil Diamond's pretty... Uh, still, it's never, Nothing's ever going to be as good, though, as Jenny with... Grace Kelly? Grace <laughs> Kelly and Gene <laughs> Kelly. That's true. <laughs> Getting halfway through On the Town and being like, so when does Gene Kelly show up? Like, this whole time he's been here. <laughs> so perfect. Yeah. All right. Um, so, yeah, you both know it's it's pretty much autobiographical. Do you know any anybody else who's in it or anything? I'm sure I will when the credits roll. I'm not even going to say it because I want to watch y'all's faces. I was like, I'm assuming we may get some um, Fosse people like Cheetah or somebody like that to show up in it, but... I don't know. There will be some Fosse faces. Um, yeah, yeah. Some Fosse that you faces. might not recognize, although when you know what their names are, you're going to be like, oh, that's who. Oh. Um, but some other that are interesting. Um, oh, some others. I thought you said the mother of. I was like, what? <laughs> okay. Some others. Okay. Uh, the title, All That Jazz, of course, refers to Chicago. the title song of um, the opening song for Chicago. So he called up Fred Ebb. Um, and was like, is it okay if I steal this from you? <laughs> and Fred was like, no, nah, it's fine. I stole it from an article I read. <laughs> and he's like, oh, great. Yeah, in that case. So, uh, so. I've that song in my head for like a whole week now. <laughs> and come on, babe. Another week. Yeah. I was at HEB before this in the self-checkout, just like singing it as I'm like <laughs> scanning my groceries and shit. Was it, was it that song? Was that what you were singing the other day? Uh, I thought you told me a story about where you were like. Just belting it out, and somebody like 
I mean, I'm in a parking lot or something. I don't know. Maybe it was a different story. Maybe it happens oh, often enough that I'm just... Down or something. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I'm always singing some <laughs> shit, and it's usually like I think I'm alone and I'm not. And, then, <laughs> and There was a day that I was sing- I sang all of uh, one of the Anna Kendrick songs from... That's what it was. The last it five years. And then looked over, and there was like a couple of my neighbors just sitting in their car next to me, and I was like, cool. <laughs> Wasn't good, but it was loud. <laughs> <laughs> You yeah. might not have wanted to, but you heard it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was a show that you didn't pay a ticket for, but you got that anyway. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, this is an interesting movie. It started as a completely different project, and I'll tell you a little bit more about that after the jump. But he actually had the rights to a book that then, as they did research and had ideas, he, he and uh, the screenwriter, because he is credited as a writer on this, he finally started, he finally got a writing credit. Um, as they were writing it and adding to it, and Fosse had, and it was a the screen the book was about somebody dying, and then he had his heart attack and almost died, and he started pulling that in, and just how the story morphed and everything is. Eventually, they just let the rights lapse on the book because what they had come up with is now so far divorced from it, they didn't mm-hmm. even need to credit it anymore. Interesting. Yeah, it was okay. interesting. Um, so is any of this in response to um, him being maybe a little pissy pants about the chorus line? Let's watch the movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I'll just throw that out That's a potential prediction here. <laughs> since A Chorus Line, you know, showed up Chicago. And then uh, this movie comes out how long after that? Like um, This, was, this like, was several years later. Okay. Yeah. Was this 80? This was late remember, 70s? He was, Chicago was at the same time as A Chorus Line. In Chicago, he was doing Lenny. Right, right. So it's like, which was like 75? I think Chicago was 75. I, I don't have my notes right seems, in front of me. That's what I'm thinking. I think that's what yeah. we talked about last week. And this is this, a few years. Yeah, later. this is like 82. Oh, okay. Okay. Wow. I yeah. think it was that much later. Yeah, and then I'll I'll double check that. I apologize. Yeah. I don't have my notes right in front of me. We came up to Cuz I can also see just I can see Fosse being like this thing about well, shit, even if it was eight years later, yeah, he'd still About have About theater okay. came in and, and upstaged <laughs> and upstaged my thing that I was making. Okay, here, and so now I'm pissed off no, no, that I'm going to make this thing that's even better. Here's No, here's a tidbit that I will share in advance. Um, it's autobiographical. Pardon me, this was 79. I do apologize. Oh, okay. Um, it's autobiographical, which means if you're paying attention and you know his backstory... He has taken a lot of digs at people who pissed him off over the years, either directly or <laughs> or metaphorically or with yeah. a stand-in where you're just like, um, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Well, that's be funny. Well, let's go watch uh, Bob Fosse grind the next. Yeah, <laughs> love it. So this is five years later. Lenny okay. was seventy-four, and this is seventy-nine. So All it's right. been five years um, of rage <laughs> and drugs. Well, I mean. He hated everyone. Yeah, yeah. He hated everyone who was a, a competitor. When um, Gower Champion died, um, he was asked to speak at his I funeral. You do know him. <laughs> um, he was asked to speak at his funeral, and his response was, why? We were competitors. <laughs> Damn. Like, <laughs> Shit. You were either allies or you were enemies. And if yeah. you weren't in a definitive ally... You got lumped in with everybody else as an enemy. And if you were talented and a competitor, you were way over there. Except if you were Jerome Robbins, because then you were a god. Yeah, yeah. Who could be who you admired and feared. <laughs> which sure. is accurate, yeah. yeah. All right, all that jazz. Gotcha. Candy Casey, very good. You're gonna do it again, Victoria. Stop smiling. It's not the high school play. Count. Oh, bye. All that work. Stand on your right foot. Point your left toe. Drop that shoulder. All that pain. That's not too hard, is it? Oh boy, do I hate show business. All that Come glitter. Look, jokes is what I need. Yo, you love show business. That's right, I love show business. All that love. I'll go either way. It's showtime, folks. All that jazz.
All right, so that was all that jazz. <laughs> it's showtime, folks. Yeah. Yeah. I really wonder what people who don't know Fosse's story would get out of this movie. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, but I thought about that during the end of it. I was like, would anybody who doesn't know it get anything out of this? And yeah, not even just the ending, but I mean, there's a lot that's... Well... I mean, I knew who Fosse was when I first watched it when mm-hmm. I was much younger. I mean, so I, but what I knew was his dance style. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that much about him biographically. Sure. And so when I first watched it, it was, I either knew or it was really obvious, like, oh, this is autobiographical. <laughs> oh, right. Um, and it, I mean, I remember just being like, wow. This man had a, some real problems. <laughs> <laughs> Something's up here. <laughs> right. I'm going to let you two talk for a while. <laughs> After you. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know where to start. Yeah. I mean, I guess you start from the beginning, right? But yeah, I mean, well, so. Let's start with general reactions. Like. <laughs> Fuck, I don't know. Uh, I really... So what I like a lot is... Um, there's a lot of like really surreal shit in it. Yes. Um, that's really, really, really well done. Um, and we'll get into what those elements are. But like the big one is... there's Throughout the whole movie, there's kind of this um, runner in this weird other realm (laughs) Uh, of him talking to death basically Mm -hmm. that's played by Jessica Lange who is very young and gorgeous and I mean she's not young anymore but she's still gorgeous today but uh, but like this is I don't even know how old she is in this but it was right after King Kong okay okay so she's very very she's got to be like in her mid-twenties yeah probably yeah Um, she's gorgeous she's dressed all in like this white gauzy kind of shit. Did you notice that they even a lot of the time had really sheer net pulled yeah. tight over her face to yeah. just so even though she's not actually in soft focus, she, she looks like is. she's right, in right, soft right. focus. Yeah. It's amazing. Like I didn't even recognize her at first. What either you or Jenny it was like, is that Jessica Lane? <laughs> yeah, it was like it was yeah, it was a soft focus because of the, like whatever. I mean, it was just just recognizable enough. It was like, is that like could it be? But it was more just, like, incredulous than it was, like... Right. Confirming it. Uh, and it's not subtle with who she is at <laughs> all. <laughs> um, I mean, one of the first things in this other... I don't know what how to refer to this other th- setting that's happening where he's talking to her. But uh, one of the first... So, it's also set up... He's talking to her in this, like, central room, but all around them are these, like, stages where various things happen that give some... Sometimes it's autobiographical stuff. Sometimes it's, like, shit that's just in his head, and it's, it's weird. Uh, but one of the first things he's... Uh, there's, like, a an, almost like an interview type thing with his mother, and she's like, <laughs> oh, he's been in love with you forever, and you're like... Okay, I know exactly, like, before you even know that, like, she's supposed to be deaf, like, those of us who have been in on this Fosse train are like, oh, I know who she is now. Okay, cool. Yeah. All cleared up. (laughs) What was interesting to me, and I guess maybe it shouldn't have been a surprise, but part of the, the parts that were so surreal, it was also kind of refreshing that it was, like, so self-aware. I mean, I don't know. Like, I guess I just would have expected for him to have been so deep in it throughout his career that, like, to see him have, like, taken credit to, like, write part of this and be so, like, open and honest and, like, aware of all of the things that made him who he was. Like, it was just kind of interesting to see it on screen and, like, play out that way. I believe the word you're looking for is unflinching. Well, yes, (laughs) definitely that. Um, Yeah, I was just... That's that, that's what kind of caught me off guard the most, because this is I mean the surreal stuff we've been seeing a lot. Yeah, we um, it was great. I mean, of course it would be here and it was done very well, but like for it to also kind of hit 
so hard and so close to home and him to just like embrace it fully be like that. No, that's absolutely me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a weird, it's a weird line between self-loathing and narcissism. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. <laughs> that, that's it. That could be the tar- the tagline on yeah. it. Yeah. Walking that line. Cause he's definitely like totally in love with himself, but also completely hates himself. And like, Within a scene, it will change 30 times on yeah, the like, same which, breath, which side he's falling on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Fosse saw it as a morality play. Um, saw he, all that jazz? As, yeah. He, okay. uh, he, when, when he filmed it, when he screened it for the cast, that was their first experience seeing the, you know, the cut, the full picture of it. <laughs> and... Uh, and it's just, a lot. <laughs> let's just say the reactions were complicated. And yeah, yeah. Uncomfortable and awkward. Yeah. Um, wait. Sounds about right. Right? Uh, let me see. It seems pretty on brand. Um, well, especially if you are... Generally, when you are doing um, a movie, you're only getting pages usually for the scenes you're in. So the people who are doing the uh, sex dance number... Um, they only did the number. They're not seeing the rest <laughs> yeah. of all of this craziness. So they're like, oh, I thought I was in a completely different movie. <laughs> yeah. So reactions were like, oh, this is Fosse pretending to be, to be honest. Um, this is Fosse saying, I'm shit, but you're worse. Um, <laughs> they're not. They're um, not wrong. Yeah. This, one person's reaction was, "Oh my god, I'm working for a madman." <laughs> and Fosse. All was, of those reactions are accurate. Hundred percent. He was devastated because people, of course, saw Joe Gideon as him as him, and Joe Gideon is awful. Yeah. Yeah. And so everybody's like, "You're awful," and he's like, and he he cried. He was. He broke down to Anne Ryan King. I'm I'm not mean though. I'm not like that. That's not me. I'm a nice guy. Nobody is getting that I'm trying to tell them, you know, they're not getting the moral of the story. Cuz they're not seeing it as a morality play. They're just seeing this is Bob Fosse. Yeah. And they're not <laughs> right. understanding that he's trying to use his own life to tell to give you a message. Now, yeah. what's the message? Did you get the moral of the story? Uh I mean, other than just destroying yourself. Uh, for what? For your art. Ding. Yeah. <laughs> like, that. that is the moral is, don't do what I'm yeah, yeah, doing. Yeah. <laughs> I am empty inside because all I have is theater, and theater is hollow. Yeah. So that, that was his moral, and um, yeah. <laughs> But people were just like, what <laughs> the fuck? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I can see that from this, from the perspective of having like watched it unfold. But if you know him yeah. and then to see, quote him and be like, is this what you think of yourself? Wait, is that what was really going? Wait, were you really fucking doing that? Yeah. Is this what you were thinking the whole time? <gasps> yeah. You asshole. <laughs> yeah. I I love his relationship with Victoria, the bad dancer, though. Mm-hmm. Um, that, from everything I've read, that reads really, really fucking true. Number one, he would cast people because he wanted to sleep with them. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know that he would have cast a bad dancer, though, just to sleep with them once. Yeah. I don't know he that I... He could have banged a good dancer, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, <laughs> but I, what I do believe is the one in the stairwell who's like, I have fucked him, and he still didn't cast Yeah, him. yeah, that was the one that rang really true. <laughs> um, but I do, but I do buy him... I can at least make you a better dancer. Yes. Yeah, he was nothing if not honest, right? So. Yeah, he uh, he would lie all the time, but he would never lie to you about your talent. Right. People would con- like people would ask for advice, and he'd be like, and anytime anybody's like, "Should I try to be a dancer? What should I do?" He's like, "Well, I can tell you, you should cut your hair, and you should get a better headshot, and I can also tell you, don't fucking do it. This <laughs> life will kill you." Yeah. So. Okay. I don't want to take this over, so you guys keep talking. Well, you have a lot of the history, and we can kind of go through some of that 
or like the you know the the background of all all of it. Um, I mean, it remi- I, there are plenty of other films and stories that are like semi autobiographical and you know with bits of fantasy. And it was kind of neat to see even there's there's a film last ten years or so, uh, Synecdoche, New York, mm-hmm. which Fuck, yeah, remind, it reminds th- I saw a lot of overlap in the two, just in how he's that, destroying for himself sure. for his art and whether he's even fully aware of it or not, and just like how it plays out on himself and the people around him and life in general. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, like I said, I, what I think what I'll keep coming back to is just that it surprised me, like how self-aware it was. Um, and in that way, like it kind of reminds me of, you know, there's a lot of that in, in art in a lot of different mediums. Um, I mean, even like, like Fellini, like eight and a half is like, yeah, this is definitely like, I guess that's, a lot of comparisons were made to eight and a half. I mean, there, yeah, there had to Obviously. be, like, they're, they're very similar. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, I love like the surrealism of it, and like just like towards the end as it starts to kind of fall apart for him, and like it just gets more and more. I, I really, I really like how even in the beginning, like in the beginning. So the opening scene is the uh, or the um, audition scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then like immediately after that, we're kind of in this. We're in that like weird space where he's talking to Jessica Lang, but then. It's kind of blended with him as a kid, and you and you never really like. There's this weird section where it's like kind of going back and forth, and it could be either real or not. Yeah, and you're not really sure, and you're kind of like, are we in this in his head? And you're like, oh no, this is actually maybe I guess this is what happened. So there's a lot of this like what is real aspect of it early on, and then you get sort of a more traditional narrative going on as you get into him, um, you know. Editing whatever the movie's called that's supposed to be Lenny, and uh, I think it was just called the, the stand up. The stand up, yeah. that's right. Um, and then preparing this show and all of that. So you get the actual narrative of all of that, and there's still the whole background thing with with Jessica Lang. Um, but then at the end, it kind of bookends it by like still kind of blending those two together again. So you're just like, wait, what? What part of this is real? Until the very last shot, which is like. Oh, okay. So this is, <laughs> this is where we are. Cool. All yeah. right. <laughs> um, well, to clarify, the place where Jessica Lang is is meant to be inside his brain. That's kind of what I thought. It's, but it's like, cluttered with all of like memories and things from his past and stuff yeah, he's yeah. working on and ideas. And so even the stuff about when he was a kid working in burlesque, that's a memory, so it's in his head, but it's also true, but it's also his memory of what was true. Warped by time. And yeah. Right. All so the all other of that things plays in his out. brain. Yeah. Um, it's so... I would be very... Fossey at the time would joke about, like, he, like he'd do the man thing of, like, I lost my virginity when I was 13. Like, you lost yours at 18, huh? And, like, there's a scene in uh, Fosse Verdon, which I've been watching, where they're sitting around at one of the beach houses, and they're telling stories about losing their virginity. And um, Neil Simon's like, oh, tell, tell your story, Bobby. It's the best. And he's like, well, I lost... I worked in burlesque clubs starting at 13 and these strippers and like, and the other guys are like, Oh my God, you're so lucky. Like you get the, like you had the best time. You're like, this is every man's dream. Mm. And Bossy's going along with it. And yet it's clear in the biography, although not stated in so many words, but I mean, even, even in the movie, it wasn't okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was really like he was, he was physically, he was sexually assaulted. He was yeah. raped. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and he, it damaged him profoundly. And ever like, look at, I mean, look at a, how twisted his art became because he really didn't know how to relate to people right. or have a healthy view of people. He couldn't trust his family to protect him. None of the adults would protect him who were supposed to love him. Mm-hmm. And you end up broken like this. But let's yeah. talk about the opening number. This is one of my, f- this is my favorite audition sequence ever put on film. Like it really captures the vibe of it. And I love when it starts on just 
the few dancers. And then it pans back. And yeah. it pans back, and you see that it's just a yeah. sea yeah. of people. I don't even know people are moving yeah. in that because it's just, it's so cramped. And well, guess, and I mean, they I, can't be seen way back there, yeah. and so they're just trying to market and follow what's what's going on up there. Yeah. yeah. I guess I don't have a lot of audition scenes to really compare it to, but it's definitely presented very well. Well, you'll get I, one in like a chorus line and a couple yeah. of others, but it. But I mean, in like, is this showgirls? Would that? I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's a that's a movie. Uh, <laughs> I don't think we'll include that one. In that. <laughs> Maybe we will. Um, Woohoo! But I mean, is that having never been in a dance audition of any kind? Is I mean. Is that common for, like, that many people to be... Well, I mean, I've never done a New York audition, um, and uh, it depends on if you do an open call. Okay. Um, Fosse always did an open call. He typically used the very similar people, but he was he always did an open call and was always looking uh, for more people to add to his stable. And when... Well, and like you were saying when, while we were watching, like, a Fosse open call meant... Drop what you're doing and go. Like everybody went. Yeah. Didn't matter if you even thought you were like I would have gone, and I am nowhere near a good enough dancer to ever make it into a Fosse show. But my God, you go simply for the experience. You're going to learn a lot, um, and for the like Fosse really tried to bring out the best in people. You were going to dance the best you ever had at a Fosse audition. Mm-hmm. Because he would he would coach you through. He wanted you to be your best so that when he cut you, it was honestly because that really was the best you could have ever given. Right. Not And therefore, if he cut you and you weren't good enough, maybe it was him. Maybe he just wasn't a good enough director to get even more out of you to where you would have made the cut. Because <laughs> fucking Fosse. Because it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, I do really like that, that sequence. I like that they have... The few shots of him kind of, um, like, stopping and, like, coaching people and that kind of stuff. Um, I do really love the the sequence when he's, like, walking down the line talking to yeah, everybody. Yeah, the shorthand like, that really they good. use for that whole, like, the auditions, like, sequence is great. And it gives you a good sense of, even if you knew nothing about him, like, who he was and how he handled it and oh, yeah. what he was looking for. And yeah, just especially that, that where he's walking down and he's like, uh... What was, uh, it was like, what, I don't remember the name of the show, but it's like, who directed that? He's like, you did, and how, and how was I? He's like, you were fantastic, or like, you were wonderful, or whatever. And who was the choreographer? Well, you were Mr. Gideon, and how was I? You were terrific. Well, that's how you get a job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, because the other, well, the other girl had been like, I've never actually been on anything, but I had to put something on yeah, my he was, like, he was like, you were in the Wiz, and she was like, no, I lied. I had to put, I had I had to put something down so I could get the job. Yeah, yeah, because I needed the job. And so then he they cut to that one, and he's like, that's how you get the job. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, of course, the, is this your home number? Yeah. 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 Um, and then you get the, you get, like, and I love the way it's cut. Like, there's the scene where they're jumping over the camera, mm-hmm. up, like, in, in this X formation, like, that's amazing, and there's the scene where they're all doing the pirouettes, and it cuts quickly from through everyone. Each being, one gets like a full one full mm-hmm. rotation. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing looking. Um, that scene was the pretty much the only scene that was cut right away. He literally cut it the day it was shot because wow. he wanted to make sure that he'd gotten what he wanted out of it. But then he he didn't. They didn't start really editing until the film was completely done, which is apparently very unusual. Like. All the film was shot, and then they're like, now let's edit it. <laughs> that's bold. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, that's I, one way to do it. That's um, often oh, how you end up with lots of reshoots. But, uh. The editor of the movie is the editor in the movie. Oh, really? Oh, no. <laughs> the dude with the mustache yeah. sitting yeah, in the yeah. back. That's the actual editor of all that jazz. Nice. <laughs> Probably why he couldn't do any editing. He was on set. Yeah. Right. You have to be. You have to play yourself. In the movie. Uh, well, we all, so we also, during that sequence, get, um, I don't know, the Gwen stand-in. Her name's Audrey, Audrey. but just call her Gwen. Gwen yeah. yeah. I mean, And then we get Anne Ryan King playing Anne Ryan not King. Anne Ryan Katie. King. Yeah, yeah, Katie is her name in the movie, but... Anne Ryan King. Yeah. And, yeah. and the daughter. And the daughter. Nicole, but her name in the movie is Michelle, but it's Nicole. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
didn't uh, actually know the daughter's real name, so now I do. <laughs> and that's all really good. Like, I like that. Just, again, it this one scene kind of just like, like you said, it's a lot of shorthand just to tell you, like, who Fosse is. Um, well, like that same, like, when he walks back and it, inter- like, it introduces on film Gwen and Nicole, like, even just, like, the look that Fosse and Gwen share over Nicole's head, like, that tells you pretty much what you need to know about that situation, even if you didn't know it prior to watching the film. Um, when he goes and he talks to his production staff, it's like, I want those five women. You didn't give me a soprano. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the guy in the end with the blue eyeshadow, he can hit any note you want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and um, I guess it's, is it immediately following that? Because it doesn't start with it where like it goes through his morning routine. Uh, um, or does it start with like, it starts with the morning routine. It starts routine. with that. Like the, the, well, the helps. first thing is him on the high wire. Right? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah everything right. on Everything on the wire is life. Anything else is just waiting. Um, then we do It's Showtime, folks, which is this recurring theme where he's popping Alka-Seltzer. He's got a bottle of pills. He's putting eye drops in. He's in the shower, blah, blah, blah. He doesn't, yeah. like, he goes through it all, cut, cut, cut. And then he looks in the mirror at himself and he goes, It's Showtime, folks, with yeah. jazz hands. I couldn't remember exactly where it, where it comes in the first time, but I do like along with the rest of the film, like the repetition of that scene, but not only like, not only that it happens frequently enough that you get a sense of like, that is just, that's how his life is. But it also starts to unravel itself as you get further in where it becomes less of a routine. Like the routine is still there, but it's like, it's not it's being broken as and it's yeah, it's 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 breaking down and like it's. I just liked how they they how they put that all. I'd there. like to watch all of those sequences back to back because the movie does an excellent job of making him just look shittier in each one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like by the time they get to the one that's the same day as the heart attack, he he's awful. just he looks so bad. And not only that, well, like is it that one where it, like it slows down? To yes, you, where, like, yeah, yeah, and he's hacking. Yeah, and, like yeah, he um. He apparently, because all of this really was what happened during Chicago, and apparently during the the first rehearsals of Chicago, people were like, Jesus, you look terrible. <laughs> so, like, this is, he looked terrible. Like, yeah, right. everybody was like, are you sure you don't need to go to a doctor? Because, like, you're, you're, you're pasty and uh, you're a little blue. I don't think the oxygen is working right for you right now. Yeah. Uh, I also really like the, we all got a good laugh of during that first um, sort of daily routine sequence where he's in the shower and he just turns around and he has this <laughs> cigarette that's just soaked. It's like, yeah, it's like a, Cause thir- a third of a cigarette. Yeah. It's just like soaking. Just, every time you see him, there's a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. And he got um, in the shower with the cigarette in and it's like, what the, oh. <laughs> yeah, it was like, so it was just like wedged into his mouth. Like it's soaking wet and he realizes it afterwards. He's like, oh, well, shit. And just like drops it in the shower. <laughs> That bit, and then the the other one, really good uh, smoking joke is uh, that I don't know if it was intended as a joke, but we found it hilarious. What part of it is was the um, when he goes to the doctor, <laughs> and the doctor is like hacking up as he's listening to his lungs and everything. Yeah. The doctor is smoking with a cigarette in his mouth, coughing up a lung while checking out Fosse, who's also smoking. And then, yeah, yeah, that was what I was going to say. It said, <laughs> after he's done listening to him, Fosse, uh, or Richard. Joel Gideon, yeah. uh, turns around and you see, like, the cigarette in his mouth, and they've both been smoking and, like, hacking up the whole time. <laughs> the doctors, he sounds like he's about to die, and they're like, do you want to go to lunch? He's like, yeah! Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> And that's the that's where they're like, sure, we can insure him for a million dollars. And it's like, really? <laughs> by the way, Fosse was per near uninsurable by the time he made all yeah, that. Yeah, no shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Like, uh, no, I don't think this guy is a good bet. Like, he could die any this minute. This is a wild gamble. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of dying, uh, so the dude, he so he got this, the options for this book called Endings About a Man Who Dies. And he hired a writer, which you saw in the credits, Alan Arthur Allen, um, Robert Allen Arthur. And he hired him be- first names. Uh, because he had previously been a, a medical student. He's like, oh, you're going to know about all the jargon. Great. Also, you're not experienced, so I can ride roughshod <laughs> over you and you won't fight me too hard. Right. Um, 
And then uh, after Fosse's heart attack, they were already kind of going towards, well, let's let's play with the structure, blah, blah, blah. And after his heart attack, somebody gave him the idea of like, what if you were to dance death? And he's like, oh. And so he started interviewing everybody who was around during the heart attack to gather material for what would become all that jazz. He interviewed, what was it like? What were the reactions? What happened in the room after I left and I had to go to the hospital? Like when they told you that we had to go on break, like what, what was the reaction? Did they, they wanted to get Hal Prince, didn't they? They, they were, you were happy they were getting Hal Prince, right? They were going to fire me. That's true, right? No, Jesus. <laughs> fuck. No, stop it. <laughs> but, um, here's the sad part. Robert, Bob, Bob Arthur, he died of cancer during filming like suddenly suddenly he they he thought he had like um some sort of some other milder problem while he was in the hospital for that he he felt he didn't feel good and like he had pneumonia so they checked him out and it turned out his lungs were full of cancer and he died pretty much jesus fucking christ right that's brutal yeah (laughs) it was hmm this movie man this movie no shit um yeah, so like, I'm trying to think of what because it doesn't like it's hard to go through this movie linearly at all. I'm trying to think of other kind of big standout because there aren't a ton of musical numbers in it. There are. Um, there well, so we get, you get the you get the opening. Yeah, yeah. Audition. You get take off with us the first time when he's just listening, but that's just listening to the song. When, oh, this is the erotica. Uh, <laughs> when the composer is singing it, and he's so happy with how cute it is, and they're like, "Ooh, I think we could get a, a merchandise tie-in with the airlines." Yeah, it's, yeah no, you fucking can't. Not you, anymore. You can't. You listen to it, and you're like, "This is the hokiest bullshit ever." Yeah. Um, and it is a thinly veiled retelling of Stephen Schwartz. Like this is so. Even though he's telling the story of when he was doing Chicago and Lenny. This is him riffing on Pippin very clearly because he's taking a very dippy, poppy song and then in the erotica sequence, he's turning this dippy, poppy song into something satiric and dark and sexual and then it's an orgy and you're like, oh, look, it's the orgy from Pippin. I see what's going on (laughs) Well, I love it too because it starts off real campy. Um, his re- oh, his the reimagining the erotica. Yeah, the actual dance number here. It's very satiric and wink and nudge nudge. Yeah, but it's also like kind of campy and silly. Uh-huh. Um, in the open, it, like when it first starts, you have you know all the dancers wearing their dance clothes. Um, but then like the pilot and hats. then the pilot hats, which I love, is a great touch. They have uh, my favorite visual gag, which is the plate, the prop plate <laughs> that has like the food that's like attached to the plate. I don't remember what the line is that they said. Um, like it's something about we're going to serve you snacks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was like, I'm going to give and, you a snack or give you something. And they like slide this, this person like slides through, puts their arm through another dancer's legs and just like comes out from underneath her like this. And it's just like. Oh, that's not subtle at all. <laughs> yeah, his hand, he does a two-need slide up behind. Sandal Bergman is the yes. dancer, the lead dancer, and she's standing with her legs apart. So his arm that's already straight out with the food on it slides directly between her legs to where the plate is, right in front of her crotch. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I figured out what the other thing I knew Sandal Bergman from, which is Hell Comes to Frogtown. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> With uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, I know the movie. I just, again, she, like I said, I knew she was like the nurse leader, in that. Yeah. But I, I yeah. I so Sandal, Sandal Bergman is a featured dancer. She was a Fosse dancer. She was uh, the lead female in Conan the Barbarian, Valeria. And she, of course, is the best dancing muse in Xanadu. Duh. Um... And actually, Fosse had somebody else in the part, and then he's like, and then as he blocked out the number, and of course, the way Fosse did things is he'd keep changing things and developing things. He's like, oh, actually, uh, you're going to take off your top and be, you're going to be topless and and bare-breasted for the last half of the day. And she's (laughs) like, uh, no, that is not in my contract. No, I will not do that. The other person? The person he originally cast. Gotcha. And she flat put her foot down, and he went, huh. Okay, bye. And so he called Sandal Bergman, who I was, I think she was on tour, 
Or did she leave a chorus line? She left a chorus line to come do... <laughs> uh, to come do all that jazz. She had been in a chorus line. Um, and Ryan King... By the way, Anne Ryan King was in chorus line at one point, so he like that had to have pissed him off. Right. That Anne was off dancing right. a chorus line. Um, Anne Ryan King took over Roxy. Well, when Gwen did Roxy in Chicago for two years, yeah, yeah. which is a long fucking time. And then when she stepped out, Anne, who had been doing a chorus line, stepped out and took over Roxy and then blah, blah, blah. But that's all background. I just found that fascinating, the the sort of weird symbiosis between a chorus line and Chicago. Right. That's pretty and, great, yeah. And, well, Michael Bennett and Fosse were constantly poaching dancers off each other. Donna McKechnie, who became Michael Bennett's muse, was one of Fosse's dancers. And Sandal Bergman, like, was a Fosse dancer. Michael Bennett's like, why don't you come do a chorus line? And, oh, I hate you both so much. But anyway, Sandal was willing to take her top off. <laughs> so she got the role. And she looks she looks oh, fantastic. Oh, yeah. Amazing. Um, yeah, it's great because it goes from that, like, I'm also still laughing at this one because they say that they're like, it's Erotica is the name of the airlines. It's <laughs> hilarious. Well, it's great how yeah. they play it, how they play it too, because, like, you know, you've got the, the producers or the execs, like, that are seeing it for the first time. Yeah. And you get through the campy, silly, like, yeah, and they're all, like, into it. Yeah, they're, they're like, like, oh, yeah, cool, yeah, this is great. And Fossey's like, mm, we're not done. <laughs> Like this then everybody starts. Clo- a guy, it's just guys down oh, to no, the dance belt. He's like, he comes running through smoke, 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 smoke. smoke. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah! <laughs> and they start pulling down the blinds, and they've got flashlights glaring at each other. Fossey's like holding two flashlights for the rest of. Uh, I keep saying Fossey, you know who I mean. Yeah. Uh, he's holding like two flashlights for the whole rest of the scene, <laughs> just on the dancers, and then it gets all very like. It's just all the guys stripped down to their dance belts. All of the women are in basically nothing. Basically nothing. Bar lots of panties. lots of boobs out. <laughs> um, the only one fully topless is Sandal, but um, like there's a lot there's of one sheer with, like, a tops. Sheer. There's one with just a boob out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, um, and it's just grinding. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it starts with three pas de deux with three duets. Um, your typical hetero and then uh, male, male, female, female, right. all all moving together um, very beautifully, and and then it turns into a flat out orgy, and then of course Fosse being Fosse, you know, you'll we'll take you anywhere, but you'll get nowhere. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah, he's like easily. Then someone will step out on stage again. It's and, very and narrow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and is this the number? Is this the number? The Stephen or? Schwartz is like. Now Sinatra will never record yeah. this song. <laughs> yeah. Uh, is this the part where the woman does like that insane move where I was just like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the, like two, the two women are like standing on and on the chair. chair. Yeah. 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 I don't even know how to describe what she did, but it's fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. It's Mike like makes this noise like, like, okay, right. And we look like, what do you mean? He's like, I didn't even know that was a thing a body could do. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's another one of those, like we've talked about many times, where you're like, how, how, how? Uh, I don't understand yeah, how, do how any of this is happening. How are, you, how are you standing well, she, at all she goes while from, you're like, doing Standing this. upright to basically like a headstand more like, I, yeah, I don't know how to describe it in a way that would make sense without seeing it. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. just a flurry of limbs. I was going to say, and I'm mo- only seeing it the once, I just remember the, like, impression that it left me with of, like, fuck, really? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm impressed, but disturbed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, I misspoke. Sandal left uh, the tour of Dancing to come be on the movie. She left... A chorus line to join the cast of Dancing, which was Bob Fosse's dance review show. That, by the way, Dancing. Because I was like, "That's five years. He did something in there, right?" Yeah. Cheers, musical. I love that. I love that. Separately, she said Dancing twice, and unbeknownst to each other, we each were like, like, "Mean Ted." I can't even with you two Dancing like dancing only without the G, and that's what he did in the five years between. Cheers, musical. Ah, you're making me crazy. You're making me crazy. Um. So, meanwhile, he's rehearsing all this, but he's also editing the stand-up, which is Lenny. Mm -hmm, Um, And I love that because in very quick shorthand, they let you know 
this is taking far too long. We're doing this scene again. Jesus, why are we still editing this scene? You know, fire it up. Jesus, well, we've been editing this scene forever. I was going to say, like, every, to- every scene of him editing it is the same scene. Until finally... Clearly, I got a little tired of that. Yeah. <laughs> that part is the one that doesn't doesn't play over and over as well. I, yeah. I feel. Um, but then his producer comes in to complain, like you spent, you went over budget, you're going over time, blah blah blah, blah blah blah, and F- Fosse's just ignoring him. Yeah, and, pays no attention until finally he's like, "Hey, I here's the latest cut of this scene. I gotta go." And the the producer starts watching and immediately like. Oh my god, it's better. Yeah, she's like, damn it. Yeah, it is better. God damn it, it is. Jesus. Like, yeah, it's taking him forever, but he is actually making it better. And yeah, I love I love that moment yeah. because that's fucking Fosse. Like, he did. He went over budget. He took forever to do things, but Whoa. what he came out with. But on the other hand, like, is there a reason you can't figure your shit out until the camera's rolling? Yeah. Like, some people working were like, with, her, with him were like, he's a fraud. He doesn't actually know what he's doing because he can't he can't do it ahead of time. Right. He has to see it in front of him to start considering the angles. Right. Yeah. I don't know. If, I don't know how I feel about that. Like, I think there is something to be said for, dude, have a plan. Besides yeah, yeah just, it's certainly not the most efficient way, but it did seem to work for him. Yeah, it also, spent, like, if his money... If, all of his movies went horribly over budget yeah. if they didn't actually if they weren't actually good. That's why you storyboard and pre those things. Like, <laughs> like mm, can you imagine what he would have done with CGI? Can you imagine the budget he would have run into? <laughs> I kind of wish we'd had an opportunity to see that happen. He shot so much film for all that jazz, the editing ratio was twenty to one. <laughs> It sounds right. Yeah, I believe it. I can't even. Like, how are you even supposed to find the movie and all that? Yeah. Right, that's crazy. Anyway, um, so... So we don't get, I don't think another big, or another dance number. Is the next one we get the um, oh, Anne Ranking and the Little Girl? Yes, but we skipped over yeah. um, when he's trying to choreograph it. And he's berating Victoria. And he, that, oh that yes, this is a that's a very oh good scene. yeah that's before, yeah before the and he goes and talks erotica yeah. to Gwen because <laughs> what the fuck baby oh oh you're talking this scene okay I thought you were talking about the Victoria scene which is also oh I was good. gonna I was gonna touch back on that but Bama she's fine is she is she okay did something explode there or was that just snoring no, that's just that's her awakening snore. <laughs> <laughs> Your dog is the best. <laughs> She's ridiculous. Um, so he's yeah. Prior re- to the whole orgy erotica scene, so we we get the scene where he's rehearsing and yes. Victoria can't do it, and he's yelling at her and just breaking her down to the point where she's like, "I'm terrible." And he's like, "Yep, yep, you are. I can't promise to make you a great dancer. I don't even know if I can make you a good dancer, but I, I am willing to try to make you a better dancer." Yeah. But you gotta not quit. Are you gonna yell at me? He goes probably. <laughs> and then they cut and they do the they do the sequence at some other point later. You get the feeling it's this still been, uh, still a little yeah. while. Yeah, yeah, this isn't like she got up right then and was able to do them. <laughs> Nailed the, it. Yeah. yeah. But she completes the sequence and he walks up and he says better and, and he kisses whole, her on the forehead and says just like whispers better. And the whole cast applauds. Yeah. That moment, I love that moment because it's that's really true. Moment. A cast will be like, I just, I'm pulling for you to get better. And you did it. Yeah, you yeah. did it. Yay. Yeah. But so then he's trying to choreograph and you see him like trying different things and being like, no, that shit. No, that shit. And there's a great, great sequence of shot of all these faces that are looking up into the camera, which is clearly looking at him just expectantly like, what do you want us to do? Yeah. And he has to leave and he goes to where Gwen is rehearsing. He's like, they're all looking at me and I don't know what to do. He's rehearsing with the, uh, composer. The the composer. And I love him in this scene because he's just like, should I go? Yeah. And Gwen's like, no, stay. <laughs> Sit like, down and I'm keep just playing. Get out of here. And no. 
And he's like, maybe I should, like, I can't like, figure I out get- what to do with the number. Maybe I should cut it. You're cutting my number? <laughs> yeah. He's like, should I give you two some some space? Nope. Sit down, play. And Gwen's just dancing the whole time in this scene. Just trying different things out, rehearsing. Like, I think I could do this. Like, what do we, and, and she's, and he's like, you're going to come in. Oh, shut up. He does this every, this is, he does this every number of every musical. Yeah. He's like, I'm just going to cut the number. It's not working. I'm I don't, a fraud. I, I'm like, a fraud. I can never figure... I don't know what to do with the number. Yeah, you never know what to do with the number. You're... Whatever. And then the two of them just... Like, it's such great shorthand for their whole relationship. They're yes. arguing. And there's some cutting remarks, but they're said with love. And they're smiling. Yeah, their banter is great. Because it's, it's both, like... It's cutting, but it's, like, insightful and, like... They clearly know each other so well, and they know like exactly how to push each other's buttons, but also how to be like. And but those like, buttons have been pushed so often they yeah. don't even hurt anymore. Uh, yeah. What's the actress's name? Leland Palmer. Leland Palmer. She's a very good Gwen stand-in. She was his original Fistrata in Pippin, mm-hmm. and he cast her. Just was like, I know who I want. I want Leland. Yeah. She walked in, and he's like, "This is true." She walked in, and he went, "What the hell?" <gasps> You found Jesus, didn't you? <laughs> and she had. <laughs> There's something different. You found Jesus. <laughs> um, but she moves and she looks fantastic yeah. in this. Oh, she's great. Um, yeah, so we, we have to have that scene because it's important at the end of the erotica when all the producers are like, that was certainly interesting. Yeah. <laughs> he goes over to her and she's like, and he's like, I don't think they liked it. Well... It's the best work you've ever done. You son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah. and she's Such a crying. great response, yeah. And yeah. it's so wonderfully complicated and layered. You fucking son of a bitch. Ah. Yeah. Also, that name, the uh, the woman, Leland Palmer, who plays Gwen. Gwen. Um, that name was thrown when you said that right like right off the bat at the beginning of the film. It threw me off. I was like, why do I know that name? And it's because it's Laura Palmer's dad. Like, it's a character's name in Twin Peaks. Oh, Leland Le- okay. Palmer, exactly, is his, is his name in the, in the show. That has to be a... I, I guess it does. Like, I never made... I mean, I would never have made is that connection. Lynch, is Lynch a Broadway fan? <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? But yeah, like... Anyways, that was just... I had to look it up. Because I was like, yeah. why, why is that You're name? You're like, why do I know about, that name? Yeah. Dear Jazz Hams, typically... Our discussion of all that jazz was quite extensive, so we'll pause right here. Tune in next time for the continuation of the Fosse Apocalypse. Fosse, Fosse, Fosse! A Real Education the Musical can be found on iTunes, Blueberry, and Google Play. Follow us on Facebook at Real Education Musical, on Twitter at Real Edu Musical, that's R E E L E D U. Or check out our website at realeducationmusical.com. We hope you enjoyed our film fixation. We'll see you next time on A Real Education. They, they did a John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum, Parabellum whiskey tasting showing, not in this market, motherfuckers, oh. that comes with a commemorative whiskey tumbler. Is it a That's Brooklyn? Why. Son of a cunt bucket.